Hello, everyone, and welcome back to 2020 Psych. I'm one of your hosts, Claire Kay, and I'm joined today by my father. I'll go ahead and let him introduce himself. My name is Dr. Hernandez. I'm an American double board certified psychiatrist. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed our last episode where we talked about coping with rejection, specifically um, geared towards high school students getting their college admissions, acceptance, rejections. Um, we hope that there was some valuable information there that you could pass along to maybe the younger people in your life. Today, we want to dive into Mental Health Awareness Month because May, as you may or may not know, is Mental Health Awareness Month. So very special time to just put extra emphasis on some of the messages we've been talking about. I, I'm, I could say that uh, mental health awareness is year round for us in this house ever since I was growing up, but it's nice that there is a whole month dedicated to mental health and mental well-being. Well, it's an especially exciting month for us, and I don't know if uh, it was intentional or not intentional, but I feel that there was a big boost by a very well-known figure in our society that mentioned mental health a few days ago. And of course, we're talking about uh, Mr. Elon Musk. Oh, yeah. I was like, wait, who are you talking about? Yeah, Elon Musk. Um, I don't think either of us saw the tweet, but we saw the Instagram post basically of Elon Musk saying something along the lines about Wellbutrin and saying that it doesn't work and the people that he's spoken to uh, have just had terrible experiences. And some, I'm paraphrasing a lot, but it was just he was talking trash on a prescription medication that treats depression, right? Yes, and he also had some comments about Adderall. Oh, what did he say about Adderall? Well, I think it was along the same lines that mm. it was sort of detrimental to people's health and uh, as as he pointed out, uh, some of the adverse effects of Wellbutrin is um, mm. uh, also. So, I mean, obviously you shouldn't be taking mental health advice from Elon Musk. He's not a trained professional by any means, but we're glad that he brought it up because it sparked conversation and you know, as long as it gets people talking about mental health, then I think it's a win. Exactly. I think he's done a lot for psychiatry, maybe unknowingly or unwittingly, uh, just by talking about it, by putting it out in the forefront. He has millions of followers, as as we all know. And he he's just very, bought Twitter. And he's so influential. So it's nice to see that he's bringing the topic to the table. It, it really is. Even if it maybe not have been the, the smartest things he could have said about it, but at least he has people talking about it. So that's why we're, we're pretty happy that, that, he's, that, he's talk, that he's talking about it. So let's break down a little bit what he said. Not ex you know We're not sentence by sentence or anything, but let's talk about Wellbutrin and Adderall. What, first, let's start, with, let's start with Wellbutrin. What is Wellbutrin? Was it used to be treated as? What are the, some of the side effects? Well... Bupropion, which is the generic name of it, was initially FDA approved as an antidepressant. And it was also used at one point for smoking cessation. And there's some experimental study that's been going on right now by that's sponsored by the National Institute of Drug Abuse in which they're using it in combination with another drug 
to treat uh, amphetamine use disorder. So it's a great antidepressant for some people, but of course, like every medication or every antidepressant, it's not for everyone. Uh, so does it have side effects? Yes, it does. What really? are the most common side effects? Well, one of the most dangerous side effects is that in the excess of a certain dose, it can cause seizures. So, of course, you have to be careful, especially if you take it in overdose. But it, it has some advantages, too, that it doesn't cause some of the side effects that some of the other antidepressants cause, uh, notably weight gain and sexual dysfunction. And so it has its place. It's not the number one line of therapy for depression, but it's it's part of the armamentarium that psychiatrists can use to treat uh, people with different uh, disorders. And what did you, so is, it's obviously a common, something that's commonly prescribed to patients. Is there a particular patient population that um, responds better to that? Or is it kind of one of those, is it one of those case scenarios where depending on the doctor, what they like to use? Well, you're supposed to follow an algorithm or a protocol when you use, when you treat depression. And well, butane does not fall in the first line or even it may be a second or third line medication, but for whatever reason, sometimes some prescribers use it as a first line medication. Uh, but it, 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 again, it does have its place. If uh, it works in one family member, it may work in another. And some patients really like it. Uh, others, of course, have side effects to it. But it's been around for many years. And again, it does have its place in in the treatment of depression and other conditions. Okay. So, I mean, I don't want to paraphrase anything that he said. I don't even remember exactly what it was, but obviously he said that he didn't like it. I don't know what his personal use with Wellbutrin is, but I want to talk about now, and we have an episode on this already, Adderall. Uh, he mentioned something about Adderall being bad. Why would he say that, do you think? Well, Adderall, as you know, is an is it stimulant. It's, it's an amphetamine-based medication that is commonly used to treat attention deficit disorder with hyperactivity, which is a condition that's quite common, uh, particularly in boys uh, more so than in girls. This is a condition that frequently gets noticed in uh, grade school. And so many parents are opposed to that. Uh, many groups are opposed to the treatment of uh, this kind of medication for children. However, it's probably the most well-studied psychotropic that there is. It's been in the available for over half a century. Every side effect is no, that is known has been reported, and it's helped a great number of kids get and what through school. And what are some of the side effects to well, Adderall? Some of the side effects can include... Uh, a decrease in appetite, and some have said maybe a decrease in uh, in growth. Uh, those are the growth, two like in, in, well, when you give it to kids when they're you know it's they're developing, they're still growing right, and it may limit their growth a little bit, uh, and it can cause uh, a bit of anorexia because it's a stimulant and and it, it decreases the appetite. And what about okay? So let's say you're an adult that gets diagnosed with um, attention deficit disorder, you start taking Adderall, what are some of the side effects? That is, do the side effects differ between kids and adults at all? Well, there's some similarities. Um, 
the thing about dosing it in adults is that you have to dose it by weight. Mm -hmm. And of course, you dose it by weight as a kid, but as an adult, obviously, you're going to be giving much bigger doses. So uh, clinicians are a little uh, skeptical and prescribing these bigger doses. Um, But if you think about what it does for the benefits that it has for children, uh, and the way um, I've learned about this is going through training in child and adolescent psychiatry is that when kids can't focus, they don't want to come across as being stupid or dumb. So they rather come across as misbehaved. Mm-hmm. And it's does it's not attention deficit disorder with hyperactivity has doesn't have anything with to do with IQ. What it has to do is being able to focus because if you can't concentrate or focus your attention on class, you're not going to learn. And so again, kids would rather come across as deviant than than dumb. Yeah. So, I mean, we know that, you know, you prescribe a certain medication. It's obviously for a purpose to treat a symptom, to treat something. And inevitably, there's always some type of side effect that comes with that. Would you say, I mean, does that, the side do the benefits of Adderall outweigh the side effects? Because what brings someone to say that Adderall is a terrible thing to take? Well, again, if we continue the storyline on kids, if a kid starts misbehaving, that's they may develop an oppositional or a disruptive behavior disorder, and that's usually the precursor to antisocial behavior or personality disorder. So. The benefits are that a child may be able to progress as they normally would if they didn't have this condition throughout school and be able to obtain the success that any other kid might might be able to do without having this condition. Now, if it's untreated, the kid's misbehaved and he may develop some antisocial qualities, start becoming truant from school, there's studies that show that that's kid, if it's untreated. You said if it's untreated, yes, it's a precursor to conduct disorder and other disruptive disorders in childhood that eventually or potentially can lead up to being in jail to becoming a criminal. Mm-hmm. So that's what you got to take into account. What are the benefits versus the adverse effects? Yes, Adderall or stimulants have these adverse effects, but all medications do. But as a clinician, you have to weigh the benefits versus the the adverse effects. Yeah. And so in this case, the positive effects so much outweigh the the negative ones. I I want to kind of expand on my conversation of being prescribed. I guess I want to know from your perspective what research or things people should do let's say they're prescribed a medication by their doctor their psychiatrist their doctor who their primary physician whoever um how much research should they do on that medication should they trust their doctor and just kind of listen to their body and their symptoms uh because i feel like i don't know elon musk ain't saying what he does does that do you think there's any sort of doubt that becomes cat comes cast over 
physicians as a whole of like oh well elon because you know elon musk people and i don't want like elon people that like elon musk and i'm saying like very lightly because there are people that just like fully worship the guy they take what he says very seriously and very literally so what Yeah, I guess I just want to know your thoughts on what do you think this does for physicians and all that sort of stuff. Well, he can help it if people are naive. So, you know, that's how a lot of influential people are, right? They know that their followers believe them. Uh, without any doubt, they're just very faithful followers. But if it's really your condition and it's a serious one, you want to, first of all, seek expert advice. You don't want to obtain your psychiatric care from a car maker. You don't want to, you don't want to get your COVID advice from a politician. These are healthcare matters. And you want to consult with your physician first and foremost. So that's, I think, what you really, what we want to share with, with our, with our friends is that you can always research research is the easiest thing to do now i mean if so it's available to anyone and everyone so look things up ask questions don't take things blindly from people that may or may not know what they're talking about so again that's easy to obtain and that's what i we want to recommend to 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 our our audience to look into and educate yourself yeah i think that's one the beauty of this day and age now of having access to the whole world, the information of the world right on your phone and your pocket from your smartphone. But then also that could lead into a, a different, you know, the other side of that is if you are only in this one online community, this, you only follow certain people that align with your values only and the way you think that you can kind of get stuck in this internet bubble of, well, everyone thinks the way I do on the internet so I don't have to listen or I think I know everything about this one topic. And I think specifically with mental health, and I've told you this before, like on TikTok, people all of a sudden there's so many mental health experts on there. And I think it could be it can get like dangerous and misleading at, at times. Well, you do want to be objective. You want to have an open mind. And even in medicine, things change. New evidence comes out and what you may have thought was the right thing to do at one point can suddenly change when our researchers come up with proof that there's other stuff that are different or better. So it's an evolving, it's a dynamic science, but you want to inform yourself. You want to have, um, you want to educate yourself on any topic, especially if it pertains to your health or your child's health. You want to get as much information as you can, and you may want to leave your biases on the side and just have an open mind. As a physician, how often are you reading? over since you became a doctor and stuff, how often do you find yourself reading and researching? Well, I don't do as much as I should. Uh, and I'm just going to be straightforward because there's so much to learn. And I always feel as though there's never enough, that there's so many topics to cover that you, you never read enough. At least I don't. Uh, I, I wish I could, and I try to make efforts to uh, to keep up with certain topics or, or issues or uh, things that I feel I need to update myself with because it's a constantly evolving field. And do you think that physicians 
in general should be, I mean, depending maybe on the practice that physicians are focusing in on, they pe- you should be keeping up with reading overall throughout your career? Well, you have to, but, you know, physicians tend to be very busy. and Yeah, they have patients and stuff so they have there, to worry the, about. You know, there's a lot of work, but at some point you do need to mix in some, educa- some medical education, either you're required by every state licensing board. So... But that's just a minimum requirement of what you need to do. And it's it's hard to exceed that, but sometimes even though you're tired, you have to sort of push yourself like anything else in life to sort of try to you know, bring yourself up to speed with what's going on. And again, there's so many topics in mental health that it's hard to keep up with all of them. And there's so many important, relevant uh, things that, you need, that we need to know. It's just so it, it's always hard and it's always a challenge to a struggle to to be able to keep up with the pertinent things that, that one needs to yeah what do you how do you think people one of the things as you were talking that kind of came to mind was how do you think we can physicians you know in their practices when they're seeing patients and things like that how do you think we can bridge this gap between the patient and the physician in terms of i guess their the no, the knowledge their relationship their trust like i feel like maybe there's a disconnect between obviously like you're a psychiatrist you think about mental health every day you see patients from all around LA county it's very relevant to your life but to someone who isn't in your field why would it be relevant to them to read up on a certain thing or make themselves educated on the topic i guess well you have to remember that psychiatry mental health stretches out to all sorts of parts of our lives you have to we have let's just talk about substance abuse which we've spoken about on multiple occasions and large portions of our population use say alcohol um, almost 18 percent that's almost one out of five people have a that, that it creates a problem for them it causes dysfunction it causes impairment mm-hmm. um, more than 10 percent have dependency issues so these Mental health issues extend to all parts of us of our society, and you may not be pro psychiatry, may not be pro mental health, but that doesn't matter because it's still going to affect it's your life there. one yeah. way or another. You may try to ignore it, you may try to think it's not there, you may think it's it's not pertinent, that it's it's ridiculous, but unfortunately, it's a part of our lives. And emotional health is connected to physical health. There's there's no separating them. You may yeah. think or want to, but it's just it. People are made out of feelings too, not just bones and muscle and bones. They they're also in, made up of feelings and emotions and uh, different ways of thinking and perceiving things. So, yeah, and I think you know something we've also spoken about uh, throughout since the start of our podcast is overall wellness, physical wellness, mental wellness. And I think that, you know, there's you there's a balance, right, between you got to exercise, you got to move your body, you got to meditate a little bit to really treat your body well so that 
under stress, under times of, you know, intense emotional anguish, you you're physically and emotionally equipped to handle things that can come your way because life's unpredictable. Well, you're right. It's always going to be a struggle. It's always going to be a challenge. And we're not meant to indulge. We're not meant to weaken ourselves. We're meant to be strong, to face whatever challenges come our way. And God knows life is a is is a, is an endless challenge, right? There's always one after the, coming after the next one and the next one, and there's always going to be stressors. That's unavoidable. And so, the stronger you are, the healthier you are, both physically and mentally, the better off you're going to be able to withstand whatever comes your way. Yeah, and I think that's one of the, I guess, one of the great things about the month of May, Mental Health Awareness Month, and Elon Musk being ridiculous and saying ridiculous things is that it kind of sparks that conversation and gets people talking about their experiences. You're right. Whether he was wrong or right with his comments, which is again is debatable, yes. But I think the fact that he's talking about psychiatry, mental illness, treatments, great. And I would even say that if he disagrees with those medications, well, how about putting out some research, investing some money to come up with better treatments, with better medications that may have fewer side effects. How? What about that? Yeah, He's made a great car, right? He's ventured into space. How about venturing into mental health? How about making a, a positive contribution? How about putting, investing some resources into making things better for the world? Yeah, he is the richest man in the world, so he can, he can spare a few dollars, I think. Maybe that is something in a few years we're going to see him dive in more into that world. Because I agree, like, there's, I mean, there's always plenty of room to do more research and learn more things about the human mind. Great. Let's, let's wish him success for everybody's benefit. And so, again, I applaud him for just talking about the issue and, and making us all aware of it so that we can think about it, maybe... Uh, dedicate some resources for it, and make things better for all of us. That's going to go ahead and wrap up this week's episode of 2020 Psych. I hope you enjoyed our discussion. Please reach out to us on our Instagram at 2020 Psych Podcast to give us your comments. Let us know what you want to hear. And thank you so much for listening. And I hope you have a great day wherever you are.